0: Hello, and welcome to the Dirty Little Book Club podcast. My name's Emily. And I'm Molly. And today we're going to talk about... Uh, My Christmas Fiance. I can't even remember what the book's <laughs> called. I literally just read it yesterday. such a <laughs> I'm always a shish. It's called My Christmas Fiance by Serenity Woods. Yes. This was new to both of us. Oh, yeah. Well, we were... Emily had the bright idea to do some Christmas books before the Christmas season because I feel like a lot of romance novels are holy based if you hear some cry. Oh my goodness, my dogs are like <laughs> they're dying because we they're closed very the door. Upset. How dare you shut them out? So mad. Um, but yeah, we're gonna do some a couple of Christmas books. I think we're gonna do one more after this, yeah. um, which we'll give you at the end of the episode. But um just stay in the holiday spirit. Yeah. We wanna jingle all the way. <laughs> so this book, I will be honest, by the title, My Christmas fiance, I was expecting it to be a little bit more Christmas focused. Oh, yeah. It was really light on the Christmas. There's like a poinsettia on the cover too, or it's a there's a bow. Yeah. Wow. I There wasn't a lot of... Um, Christmas. Anthony. Yeah. They went to a Plus, Christmas party, but so that was it. We should say this book takes place in New Zealand, and we both find a few issues with that. Okay. I So early on in reading the book, Molly messaged me and said, you can tell the author's not from New Zealand. And I was like, yeah, it's really... I felt like it was obvious she wasn't either. But I actually looked it up. She lives in New Zealand. It wasn't that. It's just, like, it's one of those things where, like, I feel like I didn't know she lived in New Zealand. Because my main issue was, so, in New Zealand, it's summertime during Christmas because they Their seasons are opposite. Yeah. I mean, half the world lives like that. Yeah. (laughs) We just live in the Northwest of America. So, it's cold and wet here during Christmas. We didn't get the snow. So, she's, like, referencing temperatures... And am I wrong to think that in New Zealand they use Celsius? I I thought that we were the only country that used Fahrenheit, um, but I may be wrong. Because she refers to like, the male character Stratton refers at one point to the temperature outside and says it's like 60 degrees outside. And I'm like, that's really hot for celsius like you know that's kind of cold for fahrenheit too (laughs) like if it's summer there i would feel like it'd be hotter than 60 degrees okay i did a quick goog um new zealand definitely uses celsius the only countries that use fahrenheit officially as a unit for measuring temperature are the united states uh liberia and the cayman islands and that's it (laughs) So got to keep all that stolen money. warm. And she definitely does. She says at one point that it's 60 degrees outside and then 75, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's like 140 in Celsius. Like <laughs> they're just boiling. I, yeah. Okay. So the book starts at the office. This is also an office romance. This is a lot of tropes happening in this book at once. Single mom, office romance, fake fiance, like <laughs> abuse back. <of ex. laughs> yeah, there's a stalker lot. Soccer ex, like there's a lot going on in this book, and they really pack it in. But I, I liked the book. So you did, yeah. They start it at the office, and it starts in Stratton's point of view. Once again, we're switching point of views every chapter. Yeah, it does go between them, and basically, like meg walks in for an interview and he's instantly like captivated i love this woman and then it speeds up yeah it goes like four months later and um they she gives him a tie he spills coffee on it yeah it was kind of a cute scene and then um he pretty much tells her like hey I need you to find me a model that will be my fake fiancé for for Christmas break um, and attend this ball with me because I have this ex-girlfriend who will not leave me alone. She wants to have kids. He doesn't want to have kids. And he broke up with her and she is just harassing him, calling work. She's using other friends' phones to call him because he's blocked her number. Meg has intercepted these calls. Yes. And it's definitely a concern. So she's like, "Sure, I'll do it." And so she sets up these interviews for him <laughs> with escorts, thinking that's what he wants. And he's like, "No, no, 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 the no." The first no. interview, she like comes the the person he's interviewing for it comes in, and she's like, "So you just want me to be your fake fiance?" Like, I. That's all you want. And he's like, Yeah. And she's like, Well, here's a pamph here's a leaflet. They say leaflet in the book. <laughs> of the other services I offer, yeah. And he immediately is like, Oh my god, this woman's an escort. <laughs> and Meg was like, Well, I just kind of figured they'd probably have the most discretion. You know, a model might go blobbing that it's fake, but an escort doesn't want to ruin her reputation. And I was like, Points to Meg. I mean, she's not fucking wrong. Nope. I agree. I mean, my first thought when he said that, like, I want to hire a model, I was like, she's going to tell anyone who will pay her that this is a lie. Man. Yeah. That was, I thought that was funny. I thought that was well done. I thought that was hilarious. I love their banter throughout this book. It, like, sometimes I feel like the banter between the main characters can be a little stunted. like. It just yeah. kind of like doesn't flow, but I felt like their banter, like it mattered. Yeah. It added to it. So, in, I feel like a lot of the romance I read, the characters are in their early to mid 20s. That's pretty common. Mm-hmm. And, these characters are mid 30s, and I feel like I appreciated they that. Behave like they behaved like 30. They behaved appropriately for their age. I feel like they were mature. They handled their problems. Okay, hate the miscommunication trope. I so appreciated that that was not an issue in this book. Like, if there was a problem, they said from the start, we're going to be upfront about where we are. If something changes, we'll be upfront with each other. And they held to that. They were. And I love that yeah i think that like you said they act very age appropriate in the book and i really appreciate that i think it helps to lend to like the other elements of the book like she has like a 13 year old son and it would be really weird if they yeah acting like they're 22. i think we need to address the email um so (laughs) next after she does like she cancels, obviously cancels the next interviews with the escorts. Because it's like, like nope. happened. And she at the end of the day goes into her office and she gets an email from a friend. So she starts a new email thread and addresses it to the friend. Allison. Allison. But she accidentally sends it to all staff in the building. And literally one of my biggest fears. Not that I'm oh, sending man. dirty emails like this at work. But, you know, sometimes you get a little quippy and snippy with your work friends. Yeah. I, I can feel it. And I have to say, I didn't actually read this part because I felt such bad secondhand embarrassment. I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> I read, like, the first few lines, and then I was like, nope, I can't. I can't. So I'm going to read it out loud right now because everybody wrong. needs to experience this with us. Do it. I, like, I actually haven't read That's it yet. the band-aid off. So... Um, she says in her email, she chats about her family and her day job at the kindergarten. The email subject shows we have been back and forth about 20 times and the message is as long as my arm. So I start with a fresh one and begin telling her about my day, not about the call girls. I decide to leave that part out, but I tell her a bit about work, just general chit chat. Then because he's on my mind, I tell her about Stratton. (laughs) I'm going crazy about him. I type. He's so gorgeous. He makes my mouth water. I'll have to introduce you soon. He has thick, dark hair touched with gray and the most amazing eyes. One blue, one green, a stunning smile. He's six foot three and a big guy, but he's very unassuming and self-deprecating you'd like him a lot it's not easy working with him every day i find myself sitting in meetings and instead of typing minutes i daydream about covering him in melted chocolate or whipped cream it varies and then licking it all off it passes the time she says i finish with a smiley face sign it megan click the arrow where it says to and choose her name then i had send Briefly, I wonder whether the IT team even monitors, ever monitors my emails, but it's too late now. It's gone. So I suppress a sudden feeling of ease and rise to get my bag ready to go home for the day. So then she gets a ping that she receives another email. She sits back down to check it. Um, uh, And she basically finds out that she sent it to everyone. When she hits all staff, it comes to her as well. Man. It's not as bad as I felt it was when I was first reading it and decided to skip it. it But, like, I don't like secondhand embarrassment. And that made me so uncomfortable. So, basically, she's like, okay, it's Friday. I'm out of here. I don't need to deal with this till Monday. I will formulate a plan. And I feel that. But, like, I also would just... I would, my first thought would be like, no, I would go into my email and try to recall as many of those emails as possible. That was my thought. Like, why didn't Mm. she just try to recall the email? Because you can do that. You can, but not unless they've, not if they've seen it. If they've already seen it, you can't recall it. But I've recalled many emails in my day. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I would have tried. Minimize the damage. But but she books it out of there. Stratton sees the email oh. and is, like, chasing her down. Through the lobby. And she's like, nope, 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 nope. He yells out <laughs> for the security guard, like, stop, stop her. her. Stop <laughs> that woman, Andy. <laughs> I love it. And then um, he, so he gets a chance to talk to her before she leaves for the day. And she's, like, pretty much, like, I can't ever come back here. I'm so embarrassed. He's like, no, it's fine. Like, it's really flattering. I like you too. Like, and then Bruce shows up. Her ex. Oh, Bruce. This situation bothered me because I feel like, so Bruce shows up. Yeah, go ahead. And, and he's like, Hey, I just want to talk to you. And Meg is like, visibly upset and Stratton knows like something's up and is like trying to protect her. And so um, he has Andy, the security guard, escort Bruce off the premises. And I think so at this point, I think um, we go through her monologue maybe of what happened or at least we learn a little bit more about what happened. And um. Bruce had been a veteran, or he was a soldier, lost his arm, and was discharged. And he was in a bad spot. He was depressed. He felt inadequate. And he got abusive. And I feel like she really dismisses it. She says, he didn't abuse me at several points in the book. She says, he wasn't filing with me. It was an accident he shoved her like he shoved her and ultimately she got emotionally abused her before yeah like Like, he's an abusive asshole and like it bothered me that i felt like the author made a point that she didn't feel like he was abusive that meg the main character didn't feel like he was abusive which i get is a problem in abusive relationships like that's common that (laughs) is this where i address the fact that i felt the book was very not all men (laughs) Uh, yes, there was one section in particular where he was, um, yeah, yeah. Which, if you don't know, that's, like, referring to a lot of times when women talk about, like, sexual assault experiences, men will say, well, not all men are like that. Yeah, I feel like that really came about, like, during the Me Too movement. Yeah, it's it, it was, like, just parts throughout the book where Stratton would be like, well other men might do that but not me and i'm like okay i yeah i don't know there was one i felt like overall he was fine about it but there was one particular section in the very early part of the book where i definitely got that vibe and as soon as i got to that section i was you had told me that that you felt like that and i was like oh this is what she's referring to yeah problematic a little bit so Basically, Bruce is escorted away, and he is, like, trying to help Meg, and she's, like, shaking on the floor, and he's, like, let's go pick Oscar up, her son, and he knows Oscar because Oscar comes by their office. They own, like, a game development company where they also develop, like, controllers for people who are visually impaired because his his sister is visually impaired, she's blind, and... She's part of the company, and that's what they do. Yeah, he owns it with his sister and his best friend. Yes. And so, basically, they go to her apartment and pick up her 13-year-old son, and he's like, you guys are going to stay with me for a little while. Like, it's not safe. It's made very clear throughout the book that, like, her son, Oscar, does, doesn't want to see his dad either because he, like, saw the incident with, like, when his dad shoved his mom into the coffee table, and he was like, nope. Can we just be clear, too, like... He shoved her in the coffee table and she broke she broke some bones. Like she, she went to the hospital. Ribs, yeah. yeah. She she stayed. I think Oscar says in the book, like she had to go to the hospital. She stayed there for a few days. Yeah. Like, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not a small thing. And I feel like there's points in the book where it's really minimized. Yeah. I also feel like it was kind of weird because when they go, so when Stratton goes to the apartment he leaves me in the car and goes up and gets Oscar and he packs her bag and as they're leaving Oscar she's like is there anything else she needs and Oscar's like oh her poetry book and that is like that made me cringe and then it's only ever mentioned one other time in the book oh, like yeah. and I was like I the How she the author made such the poem a point that was read the poem was like fine it was it was odd, but it was fine. Okay, I'm going to let you know right now why she made such a big deal out of it. Because when you get to the last page of the book and you, like, do the coming up on, she says that that poem is a poem she wrote, and it did win prizes. And she did have people tell her that it was a weird thing to write about. Okay, so they, it's about giving birth in a cemetery. It, it is kind of odd, but I, like, I get no, the No, I get it. It's, like, birth and death. I get it. But, but- – that makes sense knowing that i didn't read that part yeah. i guess but it was just like a little tiny excerpt and i was like okay that makes oscar made sense. such a point like take the poetry book and then like it's only mentioned one yeah. other spot like you i would after that interaction i expected the poetry to be like a big part of the book and it was like in nothing yeah so they go back to stratton's of course beautiful house because they always live in a beautiful house with a beautiful pool How else would it be? (laughs) How else would he see them nearly naked? Because of course he's a billionaire. Yeah, he's a billionaire. How else? How? How else would a romance book go? I don't know. We need to read a romance with like poor as fuck characters. Us. (laughs) (laughs) Emily, you need to write a romance novel. No. About two poor characters. I'm trying to think of ever if I've ever read a romance nope. book where they're like really poor. I've read some where they're like poor, and they like during the book like find their way in the money. <laughs> they they always get the money though. It's like happily ever after is wealthy people. That's what you're guaranteed. I guess poor ensemble. people don't get the happily ever after. Oof, that's dark. Um, <laughs> we work it's not for funny and it's dark. <laughs> Yeah. Um. So basically, they go back to his house. They're rich. <laughs> the rich and <laughs> we're gonna end up on like some NSA watch list. <laughs> just don't Google the anarchist <laughs> cookbook, and you're good. <laughs> um, <laughs> getting back on track because we don't know how to do that on this podcast. <laughs> um, they go back to his place, and Oscar's just like in seventh heaven because there's like a game room he calls it his play room yeah okay there's a couple points in the book where i feel like there are awkward conversations that happen with uh oscar and stratton and oscar and his mom oh god okay so early on like Oscar and his mom have a conversation at Stratton's house where Oscar literally says, if you want to hook up with him, I'm okay with that. This 13 year old kid is telling is like giving his mom permission to fuck Stratton. Like, it's just so, I, I found it weird and cringy and I was like, mm, no, no, not, yeah. not cool. I felt that was a little weird. It's brought up several times in the book, too. Like, he has a similar conversation with Stratton where he's like, oh, you guys went away for the weekend. You guys hooked up. Yeah. And Stratton's like, uh, yep. He doesn't want to lie to him. Like, yeah. But the, the whole book very much focuses on, like, honesty. And, like, they're all very open with each other. And I'm all like. All I'm saying is, though, I think that that's a little too open for a 13-year-old kid. Their mother. I, I mean, I say that, but then, like. Would you? Have said I that know 13 another 13 year mother? Mother? Well, our niece was <laughs> thinking That's what she said. Comments. Oh, I mean, hers. Asked, she said jokes were on point though. Like she didn't miss <laughs> they, a good one. They weren't wrong, but I felt I uh, felt like they were inappropriate. That's my fault. I'm so sorry. I was saying that the night before. <laughs> my bad. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, Holmes. Um. So. While she's there, they, like, hang out, and they get closer, and I think it's before they actually kiss that he's like, well, why don't you be my fake fiance? And she was like, how would that even work? Work?" And he's like, we'll figure it out. And she's like, okay. And then the next day, they announce it. Like, she agrees, and the next day- They're, like, kissing on the couch, and- Yeah. He announces it at a staff meeting. Yeah. Which I can only imagine how uncomfortable that would be. (laughs) Like, I feel like that is such a place of privilege, like, male privilege to do that. I was annoyed by that because if it was a wealthy female CEO and she was like, I'm engaged to my hot male assistant, everyone would be like, excuse me. Well, (laughs) that, that, but then, like, also, I feel like, workplace romances women and men are viewed very different in those scenarios Mm -hmm. and like it's not going to affect stratton's reputation but it does affect meg's and it bothered me because up until literally the day before so i think this happens the day after the confrontation with bruce like everyone there thinks she's married the monday after yeah everybody there thinks that she's married because she's been wearing a wedding ring ring at work as part of her cover story, trying to flee her abusive ex. And, and then, who like, she wasn't even married to. And then she shows up on Monday and Stratton's, like, announcing their engagement and, like, nobody brings it up. Stratton's sister mentions it once and that's it. It's never brought up the rest of the book. And I was like, Ugh. Well, and I feel like she addresses that because, like, immediately after they announce it, another receptionist at the company is basically, like, comes up to Megan and is like, the money doesn't hurt, does it? And I'm like, put those claws back, bitch. Yeah. Jesus. I I thought it was weird that it wasn't brought up. Like, it bothered me. I kept waiting for it to be brought up. Like, for another coworker to bring it up, and it, like, just never was really addressed. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like, maybe Meg was kind of guarded with that and wasn't, like, super open with stuff, so people just kind of forgot. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, so they're living with Stratton now for the time being, and Meg has agreed to be his fake fiancé because not only will it throw Natalie off of Stratton, they're thinking it might help her end things with Bruce and have him see, like, for sure, like, we're not getting back together. So, basically, Stratton has said, like... I'm going to, like, buy your clothes and all the stuff that you need for this ball we have to go to. Gives her his grandmother's ring. like. Oh my really god, size. yes. Like, it's not something you do with a fake fiancé. <gasps> mm. Well, he's had feelings for her. I feel like they both go into this fake relationship. It's said so many times in the book. They both go into this fake relationship already having feelings for the other person and expecting that like I feel like they talked about it a couple times like we'll see where it goes after yeah. we're done. Also they said very clearly from the start no sex. Like we're not going to we're not going to fuck while we're doing this arrangement and then they bang at the ball. They bang at the ball. Banging at the ball. Oh man, the ball. Natalie okay. is such a freaking frigid bitch so she he takes her to the ball with him which his ex-girlfriend is organizing because she runs a foundation for the deaf for the blind yeah (laughs) yes for the blind and so he takes her with her in his private jet which she was like really impressed by and anyways natalie corners her coming out of the bathroom and is basically like yeah you'll never be able to please him he's into really kinky shit like he likes pain giving and receiving like he really pushed me to my limits and then so the whole thing and part of the reason stratton broke up with natalie is because she wants kids and he doesn't ever want kids and so she, meg tells natalie at the end of this whole interaction that like her and Stratton are already trying to have a baby, <laughs> which like fair play to her, like great way to be like fuck you, straight up lie, but like you get it, yeah. Well, and then she goes and talks to Stratton, and she tells him she's like, I don't want you to be upset, but like I told her that I loved that. I loved that they I love had, the had a conversation, that he took it too. He's like, oh, that's genius because they're adults. You're so smart. That's gonna make her like probably hate me. She'll want nothing to do <laughs> with me. Brilliant plan. I, I appreciated that, like, the author had them talk about it right away. It was addressed immediately. There mm-hmm. was no miscommunication. Like, you know, they returned to the ball, and then they went upstairs and banged it out. Yeah. And this is, like, a Christmas ball. There's Christmas everywhere. Yeah. We're, like, two or three days before Christmas, yeah. I feel like. So they head back and back to the hotel room, and they're finally banging. Can I? Okay. Okay. Something that really bothered me in this, like, sex scene, he mentions, like, it's his point of view for part of it. And then I think it switches to hers. Mm -hmm. But during... the phone call. Yeah. During his point of view, at the very beginning, when I think he's going down on her, he says, like, it's his monologue. And he's thinking about how he's glad he didn't turn the like ac on because it's really hot in the room and he likes he likes that they're sweaty and like the slip of their bodies and like how it feels and smells Ugh. and i was just like I'm not here for that uh that is the most unsexy thing i've ever like read like i did not like that i'm just saying living in a house that doesn't have central <laughs> ac i can attest you'd never feel less sexy than when you can't like cool down like absolutely not but overall what do you think of that scene it was good i think um throughout the book they're pretty clear that like she even though she was married and has it like, or wasn't married she wasn't married but even though she was in a long-term relationship and had a kid like she isn't experienced at all and like says that they only ever did it was it missionary missionary and he liked it from behind yeah yeah and so in the first scene i think he like fingers her and then goes down on her maybe before they get to the sex and she just seemed really surprised that she had more than one orgasm which i thought was odd but i feel like that's (laughs) so common in romance novels though i feel like it's super common for them to like have never orgasmed with a man before. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> Although, I I guess that's the thing, like some women. Yeah, I feel like that's super common. Well, yeah. especially like older generations of women, for sure. Like, I mean, our generation is pretty <laughs> sexually liberated, <laughs> I feel. Yeah. I mean, especially like between our generations. I'm 25, you're 29. Like, yeah, that's pretty sexually liberated generation right yeah. there clearly we don't have a problem talking about it I feel like oh, no I feel like she was surprised by that though and then he's like just wait it's gonna get better oh yeah but then I feel like he whipped whip my wiener out I thought you hated that word I told you I was gonna slip it in I feel like overall though it wasn't very descript- descriptive did you feel like no. that like it was pretty it wasn't fade to black but it wasn't like he uh, it was pretty quick up to the hill (laughs) what that's another one one that they say a lot he he thrust into me up to the hill (laughs) i feel like they really they got through it quick they did and i feel again Another common thing in books like this is that they're not having sex longer than five minutes. Is that just my feeling about these books? Yeah, I think it's your feeling about. I the feel books. like she's coming, and then boom. And so often he'll be like, "Come for me." I and mean, she's how like, "How long do you want it to last?" Though. No, I know. I'm just saying. Like, I don't know. Parts. Sometimes <laughs> it feels like it's going on for thirty seconds. <laughs> sometimes i feel like in a romance book like i i feel like how fast we read it versus how fast it's happening for the character especially because like meg has said that like the one thing she wants is to like have sexual intimacy with someone and have like foreplay because bruce was not about that foreplay life because bruce is a fucking dick yeah Bruce he's a garbage. Piece of shit. Get the fuck out of here, Bruce. Like, Plus your name's Bruce. <laughs> oh. Could be Chad. <laughs> I, feel like, oh. I feel like Bruce is a piece of garbage, and clearly he didn't know what he was doing, but he obviously Stratton does. Woman. Oh, he knows how to please a woman. He knows what he's doing. His ex was in the book, as they describe it, a nympho. Yeah. So then they, after the ball, they go back home, and- Uh, Stratton has this whole conversation with her son, Oscar, where Oscar is basically, like, you hooked up. Like, it's, I'm fine. I'm cool with it. And, uh, it was really uncomfortable. And then she, previous to that, like, Meg had gotten upset and, like, left the room. And he goes and, like, comforts her and they... Don't know. Okay, This is something. So I felt like I was reading that scene and I was like trying to visualize how logistically it was happening. And I legitimately like, do you ever read a sex scene and you're like, all the time, this physically does not make sense. That's how I felt reading it. Like I had a really hard time conceptually understanding where (laughs) the body parts were at. Like there was a pillow involved. She was on her stomach, but then like, I wasn't sure if it was from behind or if they were on their sides. It was just a very confusing. Is that scene. the scene where he like folds her legs together? I don't know. Maybe I don't think so. Basically, Stratton's like, I'm. He he says to her, he's fully clothed. Yeah, She's to naked. start with. No, in the scene, she because she even says, I. I find it really hot that, like, I'm naked and he's fully clothed. But he gets naked in the end. Oh. Maybe I didn't read that scene. (laughs) I'm pretty sure this is a scene where he's like, I want to erase all memories of your ex. So he fucks her the way that her ex used to fuck her. Maybe that's what was happening. I, just the way it was written, I was having a really hard time understanding how they were having sex. Like, I couldn't figure it out. Like I was so confused. Like I and I reread how he had positioned her a couple times, like trying to sort it out in my head. And like I doesn't match up. It, the holes don't match. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some something wasn't lining up there. Oh geez. Yeah. So basically, now Stratton has to worry about like whether he's gonna take Megan Oscar to his parents, like christmas party christmas eve party back yeah then. and emily brought up a good point that so like it's very much talked about the fact that like stratton and teddy his sister's parents were both teachers and they grew up like would you say they grew up it says in the book that they grew up middle class which i this was the point where i felt like I felt like the author was from the US and it kind of struck me when I found out that she was from New Zealand, which maybe it's like this in New Zealand. It definitely could be like this other places, but in the United States, teachers are paid absolutely nothing. They're paid (laughs) garbage. And uh, it's not like that in a lot of other places. Like I know, well, I say a lot of other places, but I really only know Europe. (laughs) So um, I feel like in most European countries, like teachers are considered to be it's a prestigious position and they are paid accordingly like they are paid just as well as a doctor or a lawyer would be paid and I feel like that's how most first world so, countries are it was surprising to you that he was saying like that they were like lower middle class right that they grew up without money is what he pretty much says mm-hmm. which I feel like even middle class like to me middle class, could mean that you're like financially stable, but it could also mean that yeah. your paycheck. To I mean, paycheck. I would say we grew up middle class, but we mm-hmm. also like our dad worked three jobs at one point. Like, <laughs> yeah, we had ups and downs for sure. Our and parents worked really hard to make sure we grew up middle class. I mean, we're definitely middle class now. Oh, like, yeah. I I feel like both of us, we our lifestyles would be considered middle class for sure. Our lifestyles, the rich and famous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but. <laughs> 17 views really went to your (laughs) head. we'll get there no so he's deciding and teddy's basically like his sister is teddy basically says like some Grey's anatomy vibes (laughs) i know um you need to decide if you're taking her and you need to decide if this is something that you want to keep pursuing like because they had agreed that the fake relationship would end after the holidays like right after christmas they would come up with a reason to break it off and so he's trying to decide and he talks to meg and because oscar keeps asking like what are we doing for christmas are we going back to see grandpa and grandma and (laughs) tell him no (laughs) sorry reading over your shoulder my husband texted me and asked if our was okay. I text mine to say I'd be coming. To- we're- this is an After Dark podcast episode. If we're a little loopy, it's uh, almost 9 o'clock here. It's been a long day. It's been a long day. So they're going to decide whether they're going to go. And Stanton, Stratton, not Stanton. I keep going to Stanton because of the stopover stratton talks to oscar and he's basically like why did not you talk to your mom first i feel like Str- Str- stratton does a really good job being like super respectful of oscar and meg's relationship like he really tries to not step on her toes like even though oscar keeps trying to talk about whether he banged <laughs> <laughs> he i, bangs. I, I did Canada. appreciate i appreciate that stratton was like you can always talk to me and like i i feel like they have oscar yeah. and him have a good relationship and i mm. liked that So, he decides to invite them. He does invite them. They decide to go. They do go. However, we have some lead-up to that party. So, that party is happening Christmas Eve, and they're going to drive out there. It's a Saturday in the book? Yeah. And they make a point to talk about how, like the company offered overtime to everybody they had some and they're stuff all working to do, and they were like if you want to work christmas eve we'll pay you double time and i'm like couldn't pay me enough to work christmas eve and i think that that was all a setup so that bruce could find them well it was a setup so that they could fuck in his office oh yeah that's right you that. don't get any office sex in the <sighs> stopover oh, man. but man do they fuck in this book's office yep O- only good. happened once. I love, too, that after it happened, she goes into her office and she's, like, flustered. And the other partner, um, Will, is his name Will? Rich. Rich. Will is his dead <laughs> twin brother. I'm Will gonna... is the eighth. I was close. <laughs> Rich comes in and she, like, is flustered and, like, pretty much tells him that they banged. And he's like, oh, Okay, I'm heading out. Have a good Christmas. Like he just came to say bye. (laughs) She's like, yeah. I thought that was funny. Yeah, she's like tongue-tied. Yeah. So they get ready to leave. They're gonna go pick Oscar up. They're taking Teddy, his sister, and her guide dog with them, and they're going down to the parking structure to his car. And who shows up but Dirtbag Bruce? Dirtbag Bruce, man, the worst. I felt like from here on the book, the book went fast. Like it went quick. Things were resolved or not resolved quickly. But like Bruce shows up and is basically like, hey, I just want to talk. I've really cleaned up my life, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, absolutely not. I don't want anything to do with you. We're done. And he's like, I'm not letting you go. And so then he does. He... <laughs> He sent her like roses, and she thought that the roses yep. were from Stratton, and she like throws, she puts them on the like trunk hood of the car trunk. Yeah, and Stratton like shoves yeah. them off. He eats those flowers. Eats <laughs> them. Like eats, and then so they have this interaction, and Bruce eventually grabs Meg's arm, Ooh. and Stratton is like not here for it, and kind of like. Tells him off and pushes him away. Then Bruce threatens um that to take he, Oscar. Yeah, he wants a relationship with Oscar, Which and he threatens like to like. I, I he never says I'll take it to court, but like that was definitely the vibe. I feel like yeah. by what he said, and makes pretty much like well, yeah. If Oscar wants to see you, he can see you. Well, but and she says she like. Doesn't you don't really care to be his father. Right. And she was like if he wasn't if like he wasn't your kid like i told you right now like someone else was his father, you wouldn't make an effort to see she him. She does say that to yeah. him. She says, "How do you know he's your kid?" And <gasps> she... he's like, "Uh, he is." And she's like, "How do you know?" And like even in her internal monologue she's, she's like, like it's his kid. It's his but... kid, but like if it wasn't his kid, he wouldn't be interested. And he pretty much says that would change things. But I feel like at that point, like, the interaction pretty much ends. They get in the car and they drive away and then, like, it's not brought up again. Like, Bruce is, like, out of the picture. Like, there really was no resolution to Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. So, they head to the Christmas party. Yeah. And everybody was pretty cool. I feel like from here on, everything went, like, pretty succinct it was fine his she, parents love her of course yep he tells his parents he has really? a heart to heart with oscar where oscar asks if he can well, call him dad which i felt like was really one he was really respectful though and he was like we need to talk to your mom about i this mean first. we're like 11 days in maybe <laughs> like it's, it's but soon. he's also known stratton he has known stratton for four dad's months dirtbag i felt like it was really quick but maybe not <laughs> oscar He knows a lot of stuff, I guess. (laughs) He's a worldly 13-year-old. Yeah. It was just kind of weird. And then at the end, Stratton pulls Mang aside. They go on a walk. They sit on a bench. After he's talked to his parents and like confessed the whole fake fiancé thing, but they're like, but do you love her? And he's like, well, it seems kind of soon. And (laughs) Stratton's dad is like, well, I proposed to your mom the second day I knew her. And I'm like, Pardon me? I mean, Donnie and I moved in together, like, really soon. I know. (laughs) And maybe I'm jaded because I met my husband when I was 16, and he was 17. And, like, even though we didn't move our relationship super fast, we did. Because, like, I would say within three months, we both were like, I love you. I want to marry you. (laughs) i mean we did okay. but it took a while just to be clear johnny and i moved in together and like we were living together within four weeks of starting dating and like we didn't say i love you for months we were living together we were long before 17 it was ever said. No, let's yeah. make that clear yeah <laughs> 17 is a lot different than how old were you 25 Ooh, we've been together almost seven years just kidding yeah 22 Yeah, I was pretty young. You met Donnie the age I was when I got married. How does that make you feel? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so he takes her on the water and is pretty much like, hey, how would you feel about like this not being like a fake engagement and maybe we just are engaged and get to know each other? And she's pretty much like, fine, cool. That sounds good, buddy. Yeah. And that's it. Like. And then, like, the book goes on for, like, another chapter about how they're going to have a Valentine's Day party. And it's solely to set up, I think, the third book. Yeah. The second book. No, the second book happens around New Year's. The third book is the Valentine's Day That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't love it. Kind of. It was very weird. It's a throwaway ending. Yeah. But they're happy. And, yeah. H-E-A forever. What did you think of the book? Overall, are you happy with it? Give it like a two and a half. Yeah, I was gonna say I think like one and a half, two Ooh, stars. You're beautiful. Was not my favorite. Didn't love it. I had some concerns about the not all men stuff, about how abuse was treated in the book, because I do understand from from a victim standpoint that is a really that's really common. That that's how it's viewed, but I feel like having that representation in books or in media is important for it to be represented in a certain way that people know that's not okay. And I feel like it was kind of brushed over in the book, and that bothered me a lot. I don't disagree. Yeah, maybe I'll lower mine to it too. How do you feel on a scale of Zero golden dildos to five golden dildos about the spice in the book. I'm gonna say it too. Agree. <laughs> like the spice was like, it was there. It happened, but it was unremarkable. True. It was not. It was not hot. It was not spicy. Mm-hmm. Like, I I almost would have rather it faded to black. I feel like the spiciest scene was in the office. Yeah, and even that like, is brief. <laughs> <laughs> Brief. I told you it's always brief, and you said, "How long do you want it to go?" It was fine. Like it, it is what it is. It was okay, but it's not one that like I would reread. It's and one you're gonna recommend? I don't know that it's one that I like. You were talking about reading. We're the sorry, dear listeners. I don't know that it's one that I would like want to read the next book of. You know? Yeah, but do you want me to introduce next week's? yes 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 we're doing another christmas can i say the title yeah we picked it for the title like okay we had debated between my christmas fiance and another book which is not this book but it was called the other book we were debating on was called licking her christmas cookie but we found a better one it is eating her christmas cookies (laughs) this is the first book in a series um, it looks like there's three books out. I don't know if there's supposed to be more. Um, neither of us have read this before, so this will be new for both of us, which didn't bode well for us last <laughs> time, but hopefully it does this time. Um, and I'll read the Kindle Unlimited description. Again, this could be different in other places. The the Actual book description on the back of the book might be different, Um, but this is what's on Kindle. And again, the name of the book is Eating Her Christmas Cookies, and the author is Alina Jacobs. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, I think that's how you say it. So, Eating Her Christmas Cookies by Alina Jacobs. Jack, in my perfect world, it would always be winter and never Christmas. I despise the holiday. (laughs) I hate carols shopping and pretending to be a perfect family i walked away from my family or rather they walked away from me my heart is like ice see it creeping up the walls oh wait no that's royal icing <laughs> i never should have allowed the great christmas bake-off to film in my tower and i never ever should have agreed to be a judge oh jeez, chloe i love christmas I love sparkly window decorations, heartwarming holidays, and themed coffee. Most of all, I love Christmas baking. Even though his company is sponsoring the Bake Off show, billionaire Jack Frost <laughs> claims he hates sweets. Oh, Jack Frost! <laughs> but after he tastes my goods, oh, I God. know he'll come begging for more. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, that night Jack Frost asks me to come up to his penthouse and give him a special taste of my Christmas cookies. <laughs> I guess my better judgment, I went. I baked in my sig- signature gingerbread cookies and of course he ate them up. It should have been a Christmas miracle, but Jack Frost couldn't have come into my life at a worse time. Not only am I broke, but this is my first Christmas after my Oma died. Someone is trying to sabotage me in the great Christmas bake-off I'm being stalked by a mall Santa. <laughs> Sleeping with one of the judges is a disaster waiting to happen. I needed Jack and his washboard abs about as much as I needed that third sticky bun. But when he says in his deep, sexy voice. Um, can you make me more? Can you make me some more cookies? We'll stick a candy cane in me. I'm done. Is he going to stick his candy cane in her? Oh, I'm sure. Cool. <laughs> Eating her Christmas cookies is a standalone holiday novel. Um, this full-length steamy romance has no cliffhangers, but does have a very happily ever after. Involving a candy cane. I didn't know his name was Jack Frost until just now. <laughs> also, <one. laughs> have you watched the Christmas movie on Netflix, The Princess Switch? It's got Vanessa Hudgens in it. I think I watched it a couple years She's ago. She's like a baker, and then there's a princess. It's very like Parent Trap meets this book, I feel like. I'm curious. I'm curious if it's going to be steamy. It's it a long one. steamy, so it's got to be steamy. Um, we kind of like have been, books that we haven't read will go to the reviews. <laughs> and the first review on Kindle Unlimited for this one said something along the lines of, it's a great book, but it's hard because I couldn't read it in the lunchroom at work because some of the scenes were too <laughs> steamy. Hey, the dream. Uh Yeah, some of the reviews were definitely helpful on this one, um, especially choosing one that we haven't read before. So I'm hopeful that this is going to be a good pick. Um, but we'll we'll see. Yeah. Read along. Let us know your thoughts. Of course. And thank you for listening. Have a good night. Bye.